Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. We in Boston, baby. <laughs> it's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate you sharing your midday with us. We're on with you from 12 to 3 here for the Army-Navy game presented by USAA, pitting the Black Knights against the midshipmen. This year's game will take place in just a couple days, December 9th at Gillette Stadium, Foxborough. Yes. We're going to be in the house that you say Brady built. That's right. With some help from Belichick, though, right? With a little bit. With a little bit of help yeah, from Belichick. A little bit here this now. year marks the rivalry's 124th meeting, and it's the first time played in New England. USAA will host Media Row, too, as well. That's why we're here. We're at Weston Copley place they put us up at the marriott last night living like kings we are only two kings though that's right only two kings here the third king was a little bit perturbed that he is not yeah. making the trip with us but yeah he's here with us in spirit and so we're, we're having a great time in boston we hop on the mic and we hear that beautiful voice from josh fitty marlowe and the first thing he does is Try to play a weird prank on he you? He did, man. Talking about that my car was still running in the parking lot. And you know when you feel sure about <laughs> stuff, but then somebody could tell you something? Like, I can tell you right now, Walker, you left your uh, shoes in the room. And then it but may be like full so cap, random. but you're sitting there and you're like, did I? Like, if I keep doing it for a second, you're going to think about it. And that's how he got me going. He, I, I was sitting there and I said, did I leave my car running at the thing? I could have sworn when I took my suitcase out to go catch the Uber, the car was off. You know, you know he had the, me going you know just the, a second. The biggest tell is when Fiddy will say, hey, Wes. Or, and that's it. And then he pauses, right? When yeah. There's a long pause. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Fitty, he's you know, thinking of everything some, that is about to fall. He's thinking of some cat. Big old cat. Yeah. What 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 brought this on? You even tried to bring Flounder into it. Yeah, you did. did. Why why the the mood to mess with us today? I mean, it was a station wide led thing because even Colin was like, you know, I, I mean, his car was running the other day, like at two fifty five. So. This yeah. seems something that I thought we could get over Wes, and for about two and a half minutes, I mean, he was thinking about having someone to come bring him some gas, <laughs> hoping everything yeah. was okay with the Bronco. Like, yeah. I got to give myself a, a, a clap on the back. This is a pretty good almost prank. I'm going to get you, though. I'm definitely going to get you back. It is duly noted, okay? So don't you worry about it. I'm going to come up with something. All right, we got people writing in on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line. Big Cat Dan writing in, yeah, go Navy, beat Army. So we already got a Navy fan writing in. And then a 925 number saying it's easier to pull two women instead of three, LOL, Fitty missing out on the trip. Well, we will not be partaking in that That's right. for anybody listening. And, in fact, maybe – I. I wonder what the scene would be like for Fitty over here. I it would, would love to see him in action. I, I would love to see how this cold is hitting him because this is different <laughs> up here. All right. This is some serious cold. It's 28 degrees. Uh, Walk and I on the walk over here did not anticipate having to step outside because there is a, uh, a, a skywalk. 
yeah. that connects the places. And we should have been able to find it easily, but it's us, you know. So we're going to have a little bit of trouble. We have to end up <laughs> stepping outside to walk for about five minutes. And that cold hit me harder than Luke Keekley mm-hmm. back in the day uh, in the playoff games for the mm. Nice boss connection, by the way, with Luke Keekley. Yes, nice yes, that as well. And, yeah, it's a different type of cold up this way. Yeah, you were really worried about me when you saw that I, I packed, I guess, a little lightly. <laughs> I am not one that yeah, is going to check a bag. Light. Well, I mean, I just, it's not crazy light. I just bring a carry-on bag, but you brought the works. Yeah. You make sure you're going to be flying on them any which Well, way. not only that, you know, you're talking hoodies and sweatpants and jeans and stuff, so you can't just put that in a duffel bag. <laughs> Walking out a duffel bag. He's got that bag like, you know, he's going over to his girl's house back in the day, you know, for a, a one-night stay. <laughs> you think it's an overnight? Yeah, you got no, an overnight bag. I got enough clothes to keep you warm, <laughs> but I was cold. You're right. I did not expect Whew. to go outside today, but because following directions just or at least following where i am and on the street it's yeah. probably my biggest weakness yeah man. i have no clue where it i'm happens. going it happens all we had to and do was walk the skywalk and then we we were just like man we got a little lost but that's part of the travels that's part of the stories doing that yeah that's that's what happened with us today so anyways we're trying to find our way around here in boston we uh we are here for the army navy game and we are having a great time so far going to be here for the next couple of days the game's going to be in foxborough december 9th just a couple days from now and we'll also be broadcasting live all right here bagel at the guy, i'll turn up a little bit they said i'm talking too quiet they want me to turn up just a little bit. Yeah, it's don't bring the church voice in here. You know, this is, you know, even we got to get you ready for fire fizzle, too. That's right. I'm just warming up. Okay. I'm pacing myself. All right. That's all fine. All right. Let's uh, pull up to the scene. We flew a plane. Mr. Bus driver back there still driving the bus for us. Go ahead and pull up to the scene, Fitty. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. All right, let's go to the Carolina Men's Clinic text line. I want to ask everybody else out there listening, what's the best out-of-town sports trip you've ever taken? What's the best out-of-town sports trip you've ever taken in your life? Text us 704-570-9610. That's a great question. Well, I appreciate it. Is this the one for you? or you, You've taken quite a bit. Well, and yeah. Participated. I mean, yeah, I took <laughs> for participation yeah. uh, for football games. But as far as taking a trip destination to go to a game, I've traveled to some, you know, some very country towns to go to high school games. Uh, oh, it sounds like you have some stories for the country towns. Just a little fear of those? No, no. Towns? I okay. love it. It's one of my favorite <laughs> things. I love going to little podunk towns to see a good high school football game uh, with, with good teams and good prospects. So, I enjoy that. I'm trying to think. I've, I've gone to Clemson for a game. And, oh, yeah, yeah, probably my best one, like I said, was when I went to FSU back in the day when Wake shut them out 30 to zip. And I thought I was going to get jumped on my one. way to the car. And at that time, I was living in Orlando. Not you, Wes. Yeah, you, you I thought I was, man. The way I was talking to those fans, I thought for sure. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, I got like a mile and a half walk to my car. I said, I might not make it. How about this one? 803 wrote in MJ's Hall of Fame induction when I was in high school. That's oh, the text wow. coming okay. in. Yeah. Uh, Stanford P. He wrote in. He said, I got housed in Pittsburgh. Remember getting off the plane, getting back on Sunday afternoon. I had a blast, I think. Yeah, I guess that's how it goes sometimes with some of these trips. 704 number said they got a double dip. They did Notre Dame on Saturday and Panthers Bears on Sunday. Okay. That's a good trip. 100%. And then Gas House Earl said, I went to Richmond County back in the day. 
day. Yeah, he went independent, seven-year run. They had signs at every store, every gas station, and was shut down. That was a crazy trip that they took. Yeah. High school trips, they're fun. If you're oh. going to do the state playoff thing, that's definitely a lot of fun. Here's what I want to ask, because we've been getting questions about David Tepper. So when we're, you know, hanging out, we got a lot of people from San Antonio. We do. Great people Texas asking. Texas is representing. Yeah, so they're asking us about the flavor in Charlotte. They're asking us about what we're discussing constantly. And I said, well, we just had a big old athletic article drop mm-hmm. yesterday morning that took over the show about David Tepper and the dysfunction with the Carolina Panthers. Joe Person joined Mac and Bone earlier today, the writer alongside Diana Rossini of that article. But we got people asking, what's David Tepper like? How would you describe that? Like, how would you? Because they're asking, is he just a jerk? It's like, well, yeah, there's some of that. What is he an awful owner? Yes, he does care about winning. He definitely cares. I've never, ever criticized him for any. Yeah, he just goes about it the wrong way. He just tries to control everything. I guess you'd say Jerry Jones without the championships and the radio shows and post-game press conferences. That's right. That's right. I think that's how the best way that we can describe it. So Jerry Jones light is what I would say that we have uh, in Carolina. Well, and this is the problem, too, because Jerry Jones is the example everyone wants to roll with when you have a controlling owner Mm -hmm. or somebody that is involved in football operations and all the that but one you have winning you have some semblance of winning back in the 90s yes if you look at their draft history they've hit on a lot of picks so whether it's jerry whether it's his son whoever is running football operations who's making the decisions at least in the last decade they've hit on a lot of their draft picks and plus he does media too and so sometimes he says stuff he shouldn't say but he's available yeah he gets the game and if it's not going well, as we talked about yesterday, David Tepper might not speak for 18 months. If he does speak, it might be for just 10 minutes. But if everything's going well, he comes out from behind the backdrop to steal the press conference away from Frank Reich and Scott Fitterer because he wants to tell you about how his QB is a point guard. But Jerry is here to answer the questions, good and bad. And I think that's what's frustrating. It's always It always goes back to accountability. That's what people want from their head coach. That's what people want from their owner, their general manager. And it feels like maybe... He's admitting a mistake when he fires Frank Reich, but we also want to hear how it's going to change and what you recognize you did at fault and how that's going to change going forward, and we don't really get any comfort in that level. And also, too, a thing to pay attention to, and this is definitely in the future, but when we talk about that Jerry Jones does the media and how much he wants to be in front of the microphone, what will he be like when the Panthers do have some success? That's a question to be be answered. He's going to be a guy that's going to be front and center, front street, as they used to like to call that. That's going to be fascinating as well, but yeah, that's the way I would describe it. And you would think that guys would learn from some of the things that Jerry Jones did because the one coach, well, I would say probably the second coach that he got uh, out of the two because he had Parcells, which Parcells came after Jimmy Johnson. But the two coaches that he did have that didn't take any mess off of him, he did win with him with Jerry, uh, with uh, Jimmy Johnson. He was extremely successful with him. And so that's the thing. Is David Tepper ever going to be able to take that plunge? Because I do not think that Matt Rule was a no-nonsense guy with him. And, and I don't think Frank Reich was either. And 
so it's going to take one of those coaches that just don't give a damn, for lack of a better term, uh, to come in here and turn this thing around from the culture that was presented that we saw in said athletic article. Uh, 704 did say, but does Jerry have concerts at Jerry World? I, I would imagine he, he oh, does. Jerry gets I it all it. at Jerry World. <laughs> yeah. He gets WrestleManias. He gets boxing matches. He gets it all. But it's a good point, one that David yeah. Tepper would try to tell you as well. But I brought music to the city of Charlotte. <laughs> and he did. And because of that, I am a great Don't owner. Don't forget soccer, too. I might fire the coach there, but I bought you soccer. I he, bought you... He brought a lot. The man, Messi. And he did. Yeah, yeah he yeah. did. Yes, Messi is here because yeah. of me. Yeah. <laughs> this is why Messi is here. <laughs> How about that? Wes, we're getting a lot of great text on the best sports trip anybody's ever taken out of town. We're going to read a few of them here. 803, I played rugby at Arizona State. For spring break, we took a 10-day tour of England and Scotland. Mm. That would be a sweet trip. 704, best out-of-town sports trip, was in Ann Arbor for App State upset of Michigan in 2007. That's a great one. Chris from uh, Trey 4 says, Wes, I need some positive uh, positivity about our Deeks. Reed is what we were missing. A couple top hat emojis. Yeah, you, we're going to get that, that, man. Tag. They got a big win last night over Rutgers, so definitely excited about that, man. They've been saying once the Deeks can get their whole squad together that they're going to be a problem in the ACC, so hopefully that's the beginning of that. Man, these are great texts. This is fun. Dave and Concord, how about 1994, the inaugural Brickyard 500 NASCAR race at Indy, the inaugural one in 94? That's sweet. Uh, four 400, though. Yeah, 500 on the text. 400. Thank you, Fitty, for correcting me. Moose, he said he got to see Cam Newton at Auburn during the Heisman run versus Clemson. Oh, wow. Robert H., USC, Texas, L.A. Coliseum, plan diverted to Chicago, got in Wrigley in the Coliseum back-to-back days, both ends of Route 66. I mean, 66. that might be the top right now for me. Seeing arguably the greatest college football game of all time. That's and that, that, that's pretty hard to top. Robert H. with a strong text. Coach Polly, out-of-town sports trip finally seeing my Irish in South Bend 2018 and last one before we go to break Josh from Charlotte said took a day trip down to Atlanta to watch Tom Glavin pitch for the Atlanta listen break. I don't think much makes men happier than sports I saw a funny <laughs> meme today with two women uh, it was a meme and they said what makes men happy or what do men really want and the right. other girl said their favorite team to win a championship and when you hear these uh, sports trips that people are taking I can imagine tears I can imagine emotion uh, there's so much that I can imagine mm-hmm. with these things with these people traveling to see their favorite teams especially bucket list type stuff when you get to go you know to the Notre Dames and some of these places. I'm sure. I think you're right about that. Lots yeah. of people are, you know, having fun going down memory lane with some of these trips that people have taken. It's Wes and Walker. We're in Boston. We're here for the Army-Navy game. It's going to be taking place in a couple of days, but we're here at the Weston Copley Place, and we'll be talking about the Army-Navy game a little bit later on as well. We appreciate everybody for putting us up, hosting us. Big old shout to Kyle Bailey for allowing yes, us sir. this Yes, sir. We really trip. appreciate we'll that. We'll probably shout out Blue Chew Bailey a few few times on this show. Yeah. We'll probably do it a lot. Well, howdy there, y'all. Kyle because Bailey we're here. So great. <laughs> I got to bring him something back. We do. We got to bring him something back. We'll bring Fitty something back. I just don't know what. And then we'll also bring back something to Kyle Bailey. Next segment. What are the good things about David Tepper? Because we're stuck with him, Wes. We got him. He's our owner. What are some positives about David Tepper and his ability to possibly turn this thing around? It's next. Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Wesson Walker, Bag Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We're in Boston for the Army-Navy game, and USAA proudly supports the 124th Army-Navy game as the presenting sponsor. They've taken fantastic care of us. It's actually ridiculous how the— Being sport and pampered. I, I, I mean, even radio pampered. We got our guy Roy helping us out, too, yeah, on the right here with behind the scenes. Huge help for us. Justin helping us connect so we can bring you this show from Boston, allowing us to make the trip. So big shouts out, shout outs to everybody helping us here. USAA, this year's game, again, happening in New England for the first time. And they're a proud sponsor. And they've been a proud sponsor since 2009. They will continue to be for years to come. And along with Army, Navy, USAA is also a sponsor of the Air Force Academy, the Coast Guard Academy, Merchant Marine Academy, Virginia Military Institute, and the Citadel as well. VMI there. So uh, I think Reggie Williams is the guy I think of most when I think of VMI. Basketball player for the Charlotte Bobcats. Cats. Okay. If we want to have that connection. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm such a sicko that I hear VMI and I go back to Bobcat bench player. That's how much you a are sicko really I'm. a sicko because I can't <laughs> think of any athlete that's come from VMI ever. Um, yeah, I was trying to think of another one, but that's that's all I got for you. Yeah. So we can read some more text on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line. We got a lot of sports trip memories rolling in. Everybody's having fun with this. We're having fun reading all of them. Niner B said... They went to Super Bowl 30 when them boys finally beat the Steelers. That's a good one. You're going to a Super Bowl. 252 said, Buddy and I drove to Miami from Greenville for a Dolphins game. 90 in December. You can't beat it. That's almost too hot. I don't even. In December, I know it's nicer weather, but that's almost too hot. Bebop from Rock Thrill. Best sports trip was taking my father and son to Atlanta to see the Yankees. Son was able to get up close and personal with Derek Jeter, A-Rod, CC Sabathia. That one's really cool. That's special. Michael, yeah. the 49ers fan, uh, definitely hit me up with a Niners moment. Said he went to uh, the wild card game where Colin Kaepernick ran all over the uh, Green Bay Packers. And he said oh, that's how a, hyped I he was. That yeah, he said David Akers kicked a 62-yard field goal, and he went ham, and his grandfather... <laughs> 
his grandfather told him to shut the bleep up because <laughs> he was a Packers fan. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, that sounds like what you and your mom might do if you guys got to see a game, uh, 49ers Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. My mom, no, I would would utter the, that type of phrase. It's always playful when her and I yeah. watch the game. But uh, no, yeah, they did no. beat the Niners That's for right. uh, high stakes. Yeah, it could be. I just probably wouldn't say anything. That's right. Go in the room. Uh, a few people have texted this in. My buddy Nick said the Panthers game in London where they beat the Buccaneers. Well, I think the Roaring Riot had assembled a trip to go over there. That's, That's a cool. good trip to be able yeah. to go overseas. And Carolina winning that. Was that you saying that? What does that sound by from? That, that was no, just that was Fitty just saying that. Oh, yeah. I was, I was yeah, that was just Fitty saying that. I, I said, so I didn't, yeah, I had no clue what Fitty was. Fitty's been throwing me off a couple times. Seminole right? Lloyd went to the 2013 Natty. That one's good. Where they beat Auburn, Seminoles. The, the Natty's going to be great. And final one for me, Panther Susie said, totally forgot this one. When I was a cheerleader at Gardner-Webb, we played Chaminade in Hawaii in January. Ah, okay. Nice. Okay. Nice. Tough to beat that one. Yeah, feel free to keep having the text roll on in on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line, 704-570-9610. 864 said Ben Wallace. No, he went to Virginia Union, I believe. That's Not right. He did. Virginia Union is where Ben Wallace went. Okay, Wes, lots of conversation about David Tepper. People asking us what we think about David Tepper, what kind of job he's done with the Panthers. Well, they've, won, uh, they've lost a lot of games. They haven't won many since he purchased the team in 2018. We've gone over all the bad stuff. There's a lot, especially in this article written by Joe Person, Diana Rossini. They put it out there on The Athletic yesterday morning. It dominated the show because of the dysfunction that came to the light. Mm -hmm. What are some of the good things about David Tepper? Are there, is there anything that he's showing that allows us to believe you know what? Him as the owner can figure it out rather than just kind of running into some good luck because the Panthers are going to be good again, knock on wood, at some point. Yes, we can see even if it takes a long time, Detroit is even good again. They want a playoff game, a couple of them, with Jim Caldwell as the head coach. The Browns, okay, like we, we know some teams stay at the very bottom for a while, but odds are Carolina will be good again at some point. What is it about David Tepper and because of his decision-making that makes you believe, you know what, they can get out of the basement, out of the, the basement dwellers that are the bottom teams in the NFL and rise to the top again? Well, I think one thing, it's like, you know, with the Cincinnati Bengals for years, uh, Mike Brown, people have complained about how cheap he is. And they talk about how he doesn't want to spend money and sign players and do different things like that. And so I think that that's the opposite of what we have here. And I think that's one thing that helps, that makes it a little bit more uh, palatable, so to speak, is that you have an owner who you do know is willing to be aggressive. They're willing to, he, he's definitely willing to spend the money. He spent all this money on the coaching staff. Did it work out? No. And then he's also recognizing that that was a mistake, getting him out of there and we'll see how the rest of this coaching staff shapes up as far as who goes who stays things of that nature but I, I think I do like the aggression though that he's willing to spend the money and even though uh, we, we thought that going after Deshaun Watson wasn't the greatest move from a PR perspective but it did show that he wanted to get the right signal caller in here as evidence too by the trade to go up to number one in the NFL draft so if anything I do like the aggression and if I'm a fan of a team I like an owner that's going to be aggressive than a guy that's going to sit there and be cheap and not try to do much and a lot of people accused Michael Jordan and Hornets owners of that uh, in the past and so I would rather 
rather have an owner that's too aggressive and maybe you have to reel him in a little bit than an owner that's uber conservative and cheap. Yeah, we know he has to respect whoever he hires to make the football decisions. And if he doesn't, then one, why are you hiring him in the first place? And if he doesn't, then it's just going to be Tepper's problem constantly with him trying to make the football decisions himself. Here are the good things that I think about David Tepper. You're right about the money because you can make a lot of money and still not want to spend it. You can still be cheap and not want to dish it out for the best possible coaching candidate out there, Mm -hmm. the best possible GM candidate out there. Okay. That is not David Tepper. He is willing to spend a He's the second richest owner in the NFL as it stands right now. So he has all of the funds and he is willing to spend in order to make sure you steal a Jero Avero from Minnesota, who looked like the favorites to land him. That's a big deal. And I, like, there's, there's plenty of bad. When you have a one-win football team, of course we're going to focus on the bad. Yeah. Like, what, you want us to try to divert your attention and say, oh, well, at least he did this. Man, y'all got one win, and you just fired Frank Reich after week 11. No, we're going to focus on how we fix this. But... Yes, everybody is right when they say at least David Tepper is willing to spend enough money to get this team in the door for some of the top candidates. That's why I can't write off Ben Johnson coming over to Carolina. It's not an attractive job based off of Tepper's control, based off the roster compared to the Chargers, to Buffalo if that job opens up, whatever, right? But David Tepper is never going to be completely out of it because he's willing to pony up. And that's a big deal. And so if we want our owners to be just a, a, somebody that can write the checks, that's never going to really happen. They're always going to want to have at least some say. Can we bring it down to, all right, David, you can have a little bit of say in who you want to be the face of the franchise at the QB spot. I'd rather you leave it completely to the GM. But David Tepper is not going to be unlike any of the other owners in the NFL. They are going to want to have a little control on who the poster is going to be at the front of their stadium. I got gotcha. you. Don't tell them how to throw. Don't tell them what to do on a five, seven, ten step drop. Yeah, the whatever the hell. <laughs> don't. No, I don't need you doing that. But I understand how you want to be involved at least a little bit there. And then you mentioned the aggression. You know, we were talking to, again, our guys from San Antonio, and they were saying, well, at least he takes some accountability. And we were going back and forth like, well, you know, fans don't really think that. Yeah. I don't think that either. <laughs> but his point was, at least he moved on rather than holding on to what he thought was a problem. That's however you view the glass half full, half empty. I, I think if you continue to do it, then it shows that you can't keep stability. And stability, continuity, that's a big thing. That's a big thing in the NFL and all sports. Charlotte Hornets, I would love to have some continuity there. So I would love to have it with Carolina. But he is right in the sense that you are not trying to hold on so tight to Frank Reich in order to save your pride that you don't acknowledge you made a mistake and then you can start the ball rolling quickly on whatever the next regime is going to be. I think those two things are legitimate positive traits from David Tepper that maybe he can put forth to getting this team out of the gutter. One thing I would want to see, too, is the fact that this past offseason, it was kind of like an optimistic anger. He wasn't happy with where they were at, had to get the new coaching staff together, traded up to get the pick, like we said. But now I think he's angry, angry. I think all that is out the door. There's <laughs> I think no, he is still, yeah. There's no type of uh, caveats with his anger. And so that's why I want to see how he's going to move in this offseason, what moves are going to be made, and how he's going to go about things. Because I think this is the maddest uh, that he's been as far as 
far as the frustration that you hear about, the walking out of the locker room cursing, the, the shots that we see during these games. And so that's why I said I, I think that he felt like, okay, you know, rule was a mistake. We'll move on and uh, we'll get this thing going. And I felt like that was his mentality then. But now I think it's, it's anger. I think he's embarrassed too. Uh, not quite sure if he's embarrassed yeah. enough to really – take full ownership and, and really have that self-awareness to say, hey, maybe there needs to be some things I need to step back on. But I think he's angry to the point that he's more determined than ever to try to turn this thing into a winner. And we'll see if he makes the right moves in order to do so. Well, and, and so you have 704 making a great point. We don't want him firing coaches all the time like vintage George Steinbrenner. Yeah, that seems impulsive. That seems like you don't have a plan. Yeah. But it's not really the firing that gives us the problem. It's the hiring. It's the guy you hired in the first place, right? Yes. So if you come in, and Ron Rivera is a little bit of a different situation because there was success. This is a guy that got them to a Super Bowl, certainly in the first half of the previous season before he got fired. They were playing well, and they got off to the 6-2 and start before they only had one win to finish out the season. So that's a little bit different. I think the problem is... You move on from Ron Rivera, but you don't move on from Marty Herney. So now you have that inconsistency vision from front office and coaching. But then you hire Matt Rule. You give him the seven-year contract. You like him. You love him. Marty does too, by the way. Marty, at, at that point, he, I don't think there was much of a fight from Marty on, on that decision to hire Matt Rule. But clearly a bad hire. So then what do you do? You move on from him. And you actually give him some more time than people wanted, to be frank. Like, a lot of people wanted Matt Rule gone. Yeah, he was more patient with uh, Matt Rule than he should have been. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. And Frank Reich is the hire, but it goes so poorly because you also have so much control over who he's supposed to hire. But now you're in his ear telling him, this is who you need to bring on board, too. You should diversify your thoughts, as we heard a lot from Frank Reich. And you should try to bring in guys outside of your circle but now you're trying to marry these concepts from Thomas Brown and what you've done for 30 years as a backup QB, as an OC, as a head coach on different stops. The marriage didn't work, but David Tepper didn't care. He didn't even think about that. And so if you can allow these guys to make their own decisions, once you put them in power, then David Tepper can get out of this. But it's the hiring that's been the issue and his influence over who those guys can hire. Yeah, I mean, continuity is everything. I mean, you talk about offensive line. You talk about quarterbacks and receivers uh, getting chemistry. And chemistry on the coaching staff is certainly important because guys are going to have the, the, the coaching circle is small. Guys are going to have opinions about guys from what they've heard or either encounters that they've had. And then when you try to slap a bunch of guys together that aren't used to working together, then everybody's not going to agree and that's just how people are they're gonna sit in a room and Frank Wright could be going over something and they could be saying man no I'm I'm not believing in this and that also too plays into the fact that I keep saying that I don't believe that everybody was in unison with Bryce Young because you know on that offensive staff when you're just taking people and putting them together they're gonna be some guys who have premonitions about Bryce Young off the rip because of the size and they may be guys that are still in the old NFL mentality and so when Reich and, and those guys are going over things that they want to do in the back of their mind they're sitting there like mm, this is not gonna work and this and a third and it's just not gonna be good instead of Frank having his guys in there that are all on the same page and you can 
get a consistent message. And I think when you try to just slap people together, you have a tendency to get inconsistent messages, especially when yep. things aren't going good because guys are going to feel like that their feelings are um, confirmed when things are going wrong. I mean, you can't tell me that's not guys sitting there saying, see, I told you, yeah. I told you, I <laughs> yeah. told you when he did that, it wasn't going to work. That's what we have because when you talk about those factions, I guarantee you that was one of the things that was at the top of the list as far as what was happening. Guys, you had guys who believed in what the coach was doing and you got you had guys that did not believe in what the coach was doing and that can't be good for your rookie QB not so at he, all. here we are discussing stability continuity and you had a little bit of that bringing back Chris Tabor and James Campen now it looks like that might have been among the problems here as far as what they believe with this team because they had success last year they had success at least when Steve Wilkes took over and Campen and Chris Tabor are still on board, and they go 500 to finish out the year in a way that nobody expected. Nobody expected them to finish 500. And then Frank Wright comes in with a different philosophy, and even in that article, Joe Person even specifically said, yeah, it, there were different factions that were forming, and that's true even of Chris Tabor, who is now the interim head coach, and even James Campen. I wonder if there's a strong enough relationship, certainly with Tabor because he's the interim head coach, here we are talking about let the head coach hire whoever they want to. Is Tepper going to learn his lesson and let the head coach do that? Or is he going to try to retain somebody that he's clearly close with? Clearly one of the closest coaches on the staff. And when we have text messages going to David Tepper, it's like speculation, pure speculation. It wasn't directly saying Chris Tabor was texting David Tepper, but that's what I would guess. And so are you going to keep him or are you going to let the head coach hire whoever he wants to? We're going to see if Tepper learned his lessons pretty quickly as soon as the season ends. Yeah, I think by the head coach just hired and how the staff is assembled, I think that's going to be quite telling as far as next season goes. Is it going to be where the staff retains guys or are they just going to play house and, and bring in who they want? And so I think that's going to be very telling of how things are running over there because hopefully, if anything, this article can be taken as a positive and be a wake-up call for this organization about how they're going about their business because it was not very flattering how they've been portrayed uh, in these stories. And so it's got to all hopefully go and flip and do a 180 and go into a positive direction where they say, hey, we need to look at how we're doing things here because, you know, you even go back to, you know, what we heard before in the previous ownership with, with Richardson, man. It's just a lot has been going on over in that building for a while and it's time for uh, a resurgence, so to speak, for them to get this thing going in the right direction and just have a great environment for everybody, coaches, players, employees alike, man. It's, it's just too much toxicity going on over there. Yeah, we all hope that it can change, although it, it's it's nice, I guess, to talk about the drama every now and then, but also... As oh, a, yeah, we love it. As a fan of the team, <laughs> I just want them to win, though. Like, I, I'm conflicted. It's great Sports radio drama fodder. is yeah. just phenomenal. Oh. I can't get enough of it. I know. I, 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 I say that, and yet I, I, is it fit? it comes at the expense of winning, then <laughs> I want it to stop. Just, just a little bit. It's Wesson Walker. We're live from Boston here for the Army-Navy game taking place in just a couple of days. Super excited about that. A big thanks to USAA for putting us up, helping us out as we start to cover Army-Navy as well as uh, everything else going on in the area, allowing us to do the show back home also. Let's transition. Let's discuss the Charlotte Hornets. Their loss to the Chicago Bulls on the other side of the break. Steve Clifford, this is the second time I've teased a Hornets game with this. 
Steve Clifford was mad. Find out what he had to say coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ here for the inaugural Army-Navy game in New England. Wes, I was reading about some of the history, which, as you might have guessed, it's pretty crazy. In 1899, 1890, we weren't even in the 1900s yet. All right. In 1899, Philadelphia was chosen as a neutral location to host the Army-Navy game. Philadelphia typically selected as the site for the Army-Navy game, as we know. They've been the site 89 out of 123 games. The 2023 installment will mark the first time ever in the 124-year history that it will be played in New England. And so the New England Army-Navy Committee partnered with the Craft Group, was able to bring America's game to Foxborough for this year's matchup. And it's only the third time it will take place outside of the mid-Atlantic region. Happened in Chicago in 26. That's 1926. And then Pasadena in 1983. So in addition to hosting America's Game, 2023 will feature several notable milestones for Massachusetts, including the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party, Mm. the 225th anniversary of the USS Constitution's maiden voyage, and commissioning of the USS Massachusetts as a Navy vessel. Man, it's pretty cool to be here for that stuff. It is. It is. And and like I said yesterday, you know, this was a game coming up, certainly, you know, for the guys that love running the football and defense. That's right. And always up my alley from a stylistic standpoint, but just for the history and the pageantry and all of those things, it's certainly going to be a magical moment to be in attendance for one of these matchups. So huge shout out. We'll continue to do it all day long. Also tomorrow, huge shout out to Kyle for helping us out, but also USAA, Jimmy, Roy helping us out, Justin connecting back to uh, the Planet Kia Studios. It's greatly appreciated from us because we're having a blast and we're only just a little bit into our trip here in Boston. Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets. They lose last night to the Chicago Bulls. They dropped that game 111-100. And so here's another loss to go to 6-13. and on the year not a lot of depth (laughs) not a lot of depth last night guys were injured unfortunately mark williams missed this game with a back contusion and i think richie randall at the busby podcast was there for practice saw mark was playing with a brace at the lower end of his back so we didn't get an announcement about it until the actual game time when we realized he was going to be out injuries just piling on 
Wes, they only played six guys that Steve Clifford was comfortable with, and they played eight in total with Ish Smith and Bryce McGowan's each getting about 15 minutes apiece. So really, you're talking about a college basketball rotation. That's all that Charlotte has. In comparison, Chicago threw out 11 guys last night <laughs> in the Charlotte Hornets. They only had eight, only six that you can really trust, and that's without their star in LaMelo. That's without Mark Williams, who even with his inconsistencies pretty clearly creates a big impact for this team. And Nick Richards instead got the start. Nick Richards played 28 minutes last night. Scored six points. He grabbed 11 rebounds, six of the offensive variety. And got barked on. And he got barked. I mean, <laughs> at, at, on, through. Steve Clifford has about had it here, Wes. I mean, I said it teasing going back to, I think, a couple days ago when he was mad about the lack of physicality against Minnesota. He's angry still, even at Nick. We have the soundbite. This is a hot mic. This was when the camera was on Steve Clifford. You know how sometimes they'll just do the side shots, the coaches. Billy Donovan got caught on a hot mic, too. I think he was mad at the ref. He said 19,000 people saw that. <laughs> the ref did it. But here's Steve Clifford, so frustrated at Nick Richards for, well, here he is yelling at Nick Richards. Play the audio, fitting. <laughs> Poor Steve. Like, we've had this conversation. We're, we're not even 20 games into the season yet. We had this conversation at 10 games. We had it at 15. Here we are before we even hit the 20 mark. Play it again, Fiddy. How mad is Steve Clifford right now? I mean, he's done, Wes. I made this joke a couple times. If he had hair, he had pulled it out already. He's done. Defensively, they're just not playing well. Offensively, even in this game, they couldn't buy a basket, which if you can't buy a basket with this team, you know you're not going to put together enough stops. Yeah, man, poor Nick Richards. Uh, th this is the anger of a man that has seen Nick Richards not set the bleeping screen too many times in practice. And I love the point. Like, he's pointing here. It's elementary. It's simple. <laughs> Go here. Cover your crotch, yeah. rub shoulders with the offensive player, and make sure the defender can't roll with them. That's what a screen is. Do it. Poor Steve Clifford, he's done, man. I mean, that sounds like a parent that, you know, when you try not to use profanity uh, with your kids, and it's like you said the first couple of times, very nice, but then they keep doing it defiantly, and then you just have to break down and just just take it back for a second, and that's what that sounded like. Like, he had already told him, like, once or twice, hey, when you come around, set the screen, okay? We really need it. And he said again, come on, man, you've got to set this screen, okay? And then the third time, he just said, forget it. I'm sick of this. Listen, you talk about I know it was only six guys and that could have played into the fact that they were minus 15 on the glass gave up 21 offensive rebounds and 17 giveaways that they had and that's enough to drive any coach insane even though the depth wasn't there I'm sure guys were getting fatigued but I think it's got to be a little bit of frustration in all areas when you talk about yeah I only have six guys out here I don't have my stars guys get injured every other week on this team I mean it's just got to be beyond the level of just normal coach frustration, man. It, it's just so much with this team, and they can never seem to get on track and going in the same direction. That's the funniest clip of the season. He's he's just so fed up. Yeah, Rachel, you know, look, Rachel wrote in, yeah, Cliff is going to have another cardiac event when, remember, Steve Clifford was here. It was more so that he just wasn't getting enough sleep. And he actually, it's it's one of those things, oh, yeah, you're, you, you sleep too much. You're not working hard enough if you're not up. 
no, man, you know, sleep is important. You need rest. And Steve Clifford was just doing the classic coach things because here we are discussing ourselves as sickos. Coaches are the true sickos, Mm -hmm. right? So they stay up, they work as hard as they possibly can, and even they sacrifice sleep. And Steve Clifford suffered some health problems because of that. Steven Silas takes over. This might have been in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. And so, yeah, here here we are. How bad do you feel as a player when your coach has a health (laughs) event because you can't get it together? Like, seriously. I mean, you give up 48% from three. Uh, the shooting is starting to uh, regress a little bit more. 43% from the field, 27% from three uh, for the Hornets last night, man. Just not enough. Well, and Wes, this is the problem, too. If you look at last year, what Nick Richards really did well when he entered the ball game was he was great on the offensive glass. And that's no different from what he did in this game. He got six offensive rebounds. That's a lot. Six offensive rebounds is a lot. Mark Williams, if you look at how he ranks to everybody else in the NBA, you have Rudy Gobert above him, Clint Capella, and then he's third when it comes to offensive rebounds, even contested offensive rebounds. So it's not that they're just bouncing right to him, you know, the no effort rebounds where everybody just else is preoccupied doing whatever and it just bounces right to you. Even contested rebounds, he's third in the league, but defensive rebounds are the problem. I know you look at this Bulls game last night outside of Alex Caruso that had, uh, yeah, their whole starting lineup had six rebounds or better. You had the guards getting 15 rebounds between them, between Kobe White and Alex Caruso. Yeah. That's unacceptable. You can't be letting the little guys just come in there. I know they might get a couple of long rebounds every now and again, but when you have a starting backcourt, especially we're not talking about two six eight guys or something like that, to get 15 rebounds in between them, that's not acceptable. All right, so we did this on Locked On Hornets. Doug Branson, he pointed out the schedule for the Hornets and he told me to stop when he got to a game that we weren't afraid of as Hornets fans maybe you could stop with Toronto because they have an under 500 record they're going to play at the Spectrum Center maybe they get the win against Toronto they're not going to be favored right we're talking about 50-50 shot hey it could happen that's as good a shot as you have coming up until you see them again on December 18th that's right so here's the schedule for the Hornets coming up Toronto back-to-back games against Miami home and away New Orleans, Philadelphia, Toronto on the road, on the road against Indiana, who is in the NCAA tournament. 190 points a night. Their offense is by far and away the number one offense in the league. And we're not even to Christmas yet. Denver, on the road, you go to a West Coast road trip going into January. So on the road against the Clippers, the Lakers, uh, the Suns, Nuggets, Kings. Chicago, Chicago. Chicago is the answer here. And then you have Sacramento and then on the road against San Antonio. But Chicago is the answer because they could be in blow-up territory. Maybe they ship off DeMar DeRozan. Like they are every year. Both in blow-up territory every year. Exactly. So we're looking at really the beginning of January before you look at like something where you could really talk yourself into having the Hornets win. And, and look, they beat the Boston Celtics, but you get the idea. You don't that expect that. That was Queen City Magic. Yeah, <laughs> it That's was. That's what that was. It was. It was. <laughs> We're hoping, man. We're hoping, and uh, we'll see what happens with uh, Steve Clifford. I do want to talk about Fred Whitfield a little bit later on in the show. We're up against a break, but Fred Whitfield, a giant with that Hornets organization. He was. the last 17 years, about as much class as you could have with a human. I know Matt Doherty was talking about that yesterday on the Kyle Bailey show. So we'll give him some love a little bit later on as well. It's the 1 o'clock hour coming up on Wesson Walker. We are here in Boston, Massachusetts for the Army-Navy game. We are having a blast, and we're going to have a blast bringing you the Campus Corner. Duke, 
possibly targeting a certain. Think they found their guy. And it's a familiar face, it everybody. Maybe a questionable one too. Yeah. All right. We'll question it. Coming up next. <laughs>